With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Excuse me, Veronica. <clears throat> yes, what is it, Brick? I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Excuse me? The party, the pants with the pants. Party with pants. is Jerry Sherwin and I am a writer at Black Card Gold Pants. Joining me today is the managing editor and James Vandenberg aficionado. It's Max Brecky. Max, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? I knew I knew that you'd be doing that and I knew you have nothing to say. I prepared myself this time. I took a week off. I got better. So let's just get right into two big things that happened in the last day or so. And the first is that Colin Cowturd said, I will finally turn 21 years old. <laughs> it's amazing. Your thoughts on this? It's, it's amazing. I'm, I'm so happy. And honestly, I genuinely don't care. Um, it's, it's whatever. It's going to be a thing. I feel like Iowa's going to lose to Wisconsin. This, if, if Iowa loses to Wisconsin or like if Iowa loses for the rest of the season to, you know, a shitty Nebraska or Purdue team, he's going to be back on his bullshit. And... You know, it's going to last like a few weeks before next year's going to be like, oh, it was a fluke. So it doesn't, I don't care. It's whatever. Well, we're going to touch on the Ohio State victory later, but the, the whole thing, if Colin comes out and decides that that performance was a fluke, when Iowa honestly dominated in all three phases of that game, that would be one for the ages for him because that's just <laughs> something that wasn't on tape. It wasn't on the field. Nobody saw that with their eyes, that it was a quote-unquote fluke. Iowa was the better team on Saturday. but Yeah, they sure were. We will get there in a little bit. The other thing that came out just before we actually came on to um, start recording was the unfortunate news that Brandon Snyder has torn the ACL of the same knee that he was battling to, or came back from. He did battle. He came all the way back. We had the Brandon Snyder game. Unfortunate for that kid. Um, you know, what, what do you kind of think with Brandon Snyder? Do you think he'll he'll be back? Do you think he's toast? Where are you kind of at with that whole the news that just broke a little bit ago? Uh, I mean, I think that that was kind of the rumor already was that he sprained it. And from what I know, I once sprained uh, an, uh, an MCL. And I know that that's just a partial tear. So I don't, right. I don't know how badly he, uh, he tore, ended up tearing it or anything like that. If it's a bad tear again, then he might be a shell of who he was uh, coming back from a second one. But if it's you know something relatively minor, I mean at this point, yeah, it doesn't make sense to keep him or bring him back really fast after this. But I think I saw that he's going to be out until June, maybe. Uh, but that's it's unfortunate for somebody that you know everybody's really excited to get back, and he was going to help out the secondary. The secondary has performed admirably since, so I don't know if it's going to be the biggest loss um, based off the last couple of weeks, but. It's it's not great for him, and I, I feel bad about it. Yeah, I do too, especially like I kind of mentioned that. 
that it was the Illinois game, right? When yeah. he, he came back. Um, I don't know. There was rumors that he kind of pushed it. He maybe should have waited a little bit longer to make sure it was a hundred percent healthy. But I mean that what whatever he did in that game, he still played on it for the rest of that. Yeah. So, I mean, props to him. He's a great kid. I hope he is back in June. Cause we could definitely use the help because I think that Josh Jackson isn't going to be around in that secondary anymore after the game that he just had this weekend against JT Barrett and the Ohio State Buckeyes. So let's get right into it. Max, your overwhelming thoughts of the performance Saturday. And are you feeling better about the future of Nate Stanley? Um, yeah, no, I was absolutely shocked uh, by that performance. I, you know, like I think I said during the preview, I said that Iowa has, or I said last week on the pod, um, Iowa has some weapons. They have some guys that are, you know, pretty good. But it's going to be a matter of if they can, you know, get it going consistently. They had shown flashes, and this week it was nothing but one long flash. It was just beautiful. Uh, I really enjoyed watching it. This is the first Iowa game in a long time that I think I enjoyed watching from start to finish. I wasn't frustrated with the team at all. I mean, there were a couple of those deep balls Ohio State hit early on in the game, but you know, with an offense of that caliber, they're going to take those shots. They're going to make those things happen. And, uh, yeah, that was – it was a work of art by everybody, the players, the coaches. You know, it was a complete effort. <clears throat> yeah, from top to bottom. I I was in Chicago visiting some friends this weekend. Uh, we all thankfully graduated from the University of Iowa, so we got together, and there was a good 14 of us. Um, and – we're all kind of talking to each other before the game, kind of feeling each other out. How, how do we think this is going to go down? And I think the majority of the people that were in the bar um, that were also Iowa fans and our party kind of just assumed something that we all considered you know, on the site too, that if Iowa was going to pull it out at all, it was going to be one of those weird 27-24, 21-17 type games where they win it late. And to have then you, you flip to the TV, it goes on, and Iowa uh, – Amani Hooker just runs that pick six back right away. And then to have JT Barrett go right down the field, it was just, it was so intense the start of that game, even up to when it was 17 17. I will look like they had full control, but they were giving up a heap load of yards. Mm-hmm. And then, then halftime hit. And they shut down that offense. And I think it shows that if Ohio State can't run that read option play where JT Barrett basically keeps it on every single one of them. And it still baffles the cameraman, half the defense and the people watching. If they can't get that off, he's not a good quality passer. No. Yeah. He's, I mean, he throws it. He's completed about 70% of his passes uh, this season uh, going into the game. I don't know what his completion percentage was during this game, but it It was 18 of 34. So yeah, that's about half. Uh, so he uh, completed a high percent of his, uh, of his passes early on in the season. Uh, most of those, I'm pretty sure, were shorter routes and you know deep balls to wide open guys. But when the coaching staff realized that Iowa was you know playing a pretty decent amount of actually of man to man, you don't see a lot of Iowa defenses doing that. But I think I noticed quite a bit more than I usually do this week. Uh, you know, they'd realize that they couldn't exploit, you know, those open holes that they were expecting in the zones. And I don't think that they were really prepared for it. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it was 
it was really interesting to see the receivers not get open. And I think that is it has a lot to do with Josh Jackson, honestly. He is shutting down his half of the field. And to have somebody come in there and take over Des King's role um, that was left over, and it's just so impressive what he did on Saturday. I can't. I, I don't even know how to put it into words. I, it was one of the most fun experiences that I've seen. That, that Odell Beckham catch that he had <laughs> – Number one play on Sports Center the next day. Like this, like you said, it was the most fun I've had watching an Iowa game, and the fact that it was against the Ohio State made it even better. Yeah, but but we'd be remiss to say one thing, and we kind of buried it here just because of how good Josh Jackson was. Brian Ferentz came to play. Brian Ferentz came out with a performance for the ages. I never thought that I would see that from an Iowa offense. Just absolutely gashing the other team, particularly through the air. Yeah, it's it's like he finally realized that the, the Patriots offense when they had Gronk and Hernandez would work with two uber-athletic basketball player tight ends that he has at his disposal that create matchups against underwhelming linebackers for Ohio State, really. Like those guys in the safeties that – I mean, the safety was on fan on that touchdown um, in the corner – they couldn't keep up. And when you have a dude that's 6'7", like Fant, you could just it's, – it's just about finally time that they realize that they have this type of mismatch. And the fact that they have two of them, I'm really excited to see where this offense could go for not just the la- next three games of the bowl game, but the next two years because those three players and Hawkinson, Fant, and Stanley are going to be growing up together. And I'm not even mentioning the other receivers that they have. Yeah, um, the future looks bright on the offensive side if this offense gets opened up like it did against Ohio State. I do have a fear, and I don't know if we want to touch on this later, about the offense kind of reverting a little bit back to what they were. I think that this was a case of Kirk being like, hey, this is Ohio State. They're going to put up points. Just pull everything that you have out, and we're going to just run it all. Um, You know, Against Purdue, Nebraska, Wisconsin, those teams, they don't have as prolific offenses as Ohio State, and they're not known for that kind of thing. So I'm kind of curious to see how much the offense ends up reverting back in the next few games. But this one, if the offense you know, even plays at like 75% of what they played in this one, they can be prolific for the next few years. Well, and that's, you know, Stoops My Ass kind of wrote about it. Um, a couple of weeks ago for us, wrote about it again this week. And it, after that performance, how does Kirk take the keys back away from Brian? Like at this point, you've seen what it looks like. You, he, he developed matchups against what people assumed would be a, the Big Ten's playoff contender, and you obliterated them. Why now, just because you're playing a Purdue team that's that has kind of fallen back down to earth and playing a Wisconsin team that's boring as all hell. Why now are you just going to all of a sudden turn you take the keys out of the Maserati that you just had? <laughs> because it's a nice Maserati and we all got to see it once and that and you just put it away and you get to admire it in the future. I I honestly don't know. That's I don't think I don't think that there's any reason that he should give the key or take the keys away from Brian or you know like tell him that he needs to drive around in the Honda Civic, but I have a feeling that that's kind of going to be how things work out just because it's going to be like, hey, let's go back to Iowa ball. That was fun. But 
the and that's the thing that's going to really upset a lot of Iowa fans is if that happens and they revert back to playing a 17-13 style football game against Wisconsin just because it's Wisconsin versus Iowa and you know it has to always be the 1980s like that just doesn't make sense the the players that they have on this offense are primed to take advantage in the middle, those tight ends. That's exactly what worked. It's going to continue to work because they are better athletes than the people that are going to have to match up against them. Unless all of a sudden people start getting corners that are 6'2 to just wipe out Iowa's tight ends and Akram Wadley can't somehow scamper loose, Like this offense has something here. And I just – Kirk Ferentz, if he does do that to his son, who he is obviously trying to set him up to take over this program – that just seems really foolish and um, short-sighted to me. Like, see the see the forest through the trees, Kirk. Come on, my man. No, I, I don't disagree with that. Um, I do think that even if Iowa wins this upcoming week against Wisconsin, uh, people are going to be mad if the team doesn't put up at least 35 points. Uh, I think that after this game, after every, what everybody's seen from this offense, if they you know score anything less than like 30, 35 points, people are going to be like, well, what the hell was that? Where did the offense go? Yeah, which is going to be it, funny. Like it's, I think that a lot of people will see the humor in that. But at the same time, I have a feeling that that's probably going to be the case. Yeah, and you're probably right too. I mean, Iowa right now is a 12 point dog, and to me that just seems ridiculous. I don't really know how that's happening. Um, but when you when you look at just kind of what they did to Ohio State, they opened up the run game finally. I know this is a big buzzword for all of us, but they were able to open up the run game with the passing game. And it was a really nice split, 244 yards through the air, 18 of which came from Colton Rastetter, and 243 yards on the ground on 38 carries. I mean, it's just – it makes – too much sense to just go back now, especially knowing that in the next two years you have these same guys returning back. And the defense is not going to be the same next year, so let's keep it running now. Let's go into the offseason with all these guys feeling confident that next year they can be do, do what the defense did for them the first half of this you know, this football season. So what I'm hearing is that next season you think that I was going to be a Big 12 team and I'm just going to put up points and they're not going to be able to stop anybody. I just there's going to be a lot of turnover on that defense. Yeah. All the linebackers are gone. Josh Jackson is going to the NFL. I wrote about it in the mailbag last week, and that was before he had this game. There's he's just got to go collect that paycheck, and I don't blame the kid. But I, yeah, I, maybe we can depend on Brandon Snyder. But like, he's he going to be the the Josie Jewel of this defense next year? We yeah. just gonna, or is Maui going to completely just finally take over? Yeah, it's going to be a defensive line. The safeties, I mean, the safeties have been pretty solid the past couple weeks, particularly Hooker. He uh, yeah. bit a couple times early on in the game, and he was one of the reasons why they uh, got blown up for a couple of those long touchdowns. But he's been pretty solid, and, you know, it's going to be the safeties. It's going to be the defensive line and a whole lot of question marks. Yeah, That was Hooker and uh, Ragumba who missed on that, that second drive for Ohio State, right? They had the miscommunication. I think that that was – yeah, I know for sure that it was the first – I think it was the first one for sure. The second one was the one where Urban Meyer was like 80 feet out onto the field. Uh, <laughs> for usual. Yeah, I don't know who was covering him on that one. I didn't – I don't recall off the top of my head. But, uh, yeah, I know the first one was for sure Ragumba and Hooker. Yeah. Well, what other things did you see from Ohio State that you like? Maybe some things that you didn't like? 
Um, I know one thing that I kind of was really happy about to go along. I'm all in on this offense after, yeah, I mean, this is completely short-sighted, I know, and I'm setting myself <laughs> up for heartbreak this weekend. But even the, the two tackles for Iowa played extraordinarily well, and I, I can't give enough props to those two freshmen who all of a sudden decided that they could not only just pass block, but they could run block too. Yeah, no, I was uh... – yeah, I was. I would agree with those two things. I think that the defensive line played a hell of a game. Normally, Iowa struggles against mobile quarterbacks, and JT Barrett, while he's not super quick, you know, he generally has a very good idea of knowing when to hand the ball off on that option, when to pass the ball on the uh, run pass options. Um, you know, he's a very he's a very he's very good at that kind of offense. And Iowa was able to mostly shut them down, particularly after you know. Um, the turning point in the game, which I'd say was uh, Joey Bosa's ejection. Uh, but after, Nick Bosa. Uh, yeah, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa. Who gives a, Who cares? They look exactly alike. Yeah, they look alike. They're also – they have the same name. It doesn't It doesn't matter. I think I corrected somebody on this too earlier uh, on Saturday. <laughs> and I was like, you idiot. And like, Here I go now. Um, but, yeah, no, after the Bosa ejection, you know, when the game kind of turned over and then into the second half, uh, the defense completely shut down JT Barrett. He could not do much of anything. And then in the third quarter, they forced to punt almost every single possession uh, that Ohio State had the ball. It was just a thing of beauty. Yeah, it was, like we said at the top, it was a dominating performance. And I was bowl eligible. Yeah, something that we, something I had kind of questioned, you know, like I didn't think that they beat Ohio State. I thought they were going to lose for the last few weeks and, you know, hand up. I'll admit I was wrong. Yeah. You know, I was bowl eligible. I thought their ceiling was six wins. Their ceiling right now is looking a hell of a lot more like eight and four again. You know, if they could beat Wisconsin this week, I'd say that it's almost in def or definitely going to be nine and three. But, you know, as things stand right now, it's looking like it's going to be eight and four <clears throat> and then a solid bowl game it's you know i think it's pretty much the high ceiling or the high watermark that everybody established before the season started do you think if they end up at the let's just say the eight and four mark that if they go into a, a solid bowl game whether that's you know somewhere in florida or you know texas again maybe it's um i don't know Music is the inside bowling bowl. a thing anymore <laughs> yeah there you go does that get them? Does that, with what they're returning on offense, get them ranks next year? Do you think? Um, probably. I'd, I'd say probably not. I feel like Iowa doesn't usually get the respect that a lot of other teams get, particularly early on in polls. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, start, they were they were ranked going into twenty sixteen, but that was based off the strength of the twelve and zero regular season of twenty fifteen. Right. Uh, but I think that they're losing a hell of a lot on defense, and that that. And they're going to be losing Akram Wadley and probably James Butler, definitely James Butler, because he obviously he's not going to get a medical red shirt after coming back from that injury. Um, you know, they're losing a lot of big pieces on that uh, defense. They're losing a couple of big ones on the offense. Matt Vandenberg is going to be gone as well, and they're losing some of that offensive line. Uh, I don't think that they're going to be ranked going into next season, uh, even if they, you know, did happen to go 9-4, and 10-3 and three the rest of the way. Uh, maybe even seven and six. No matter what, it, no matter how the season ends, I don't think that they're gonna be ranked come next season. Party pooper. No love for Torin Young. They used oh. him as the hammer this week. Oh, he was great this week. You know, it's just gonna be one of those things where you know you lose a huge name like Wadley, 
And people are going to be like, oh, well, there's an automatic dip, even if Torrin Young were to run for 1,000-something yards next season. Uh, you know, people are still going to be looking at it like, oh, well, there's going to be a dip in production. Uh, this isn't Akron Wildly. This, they lost an NFL talent uh, running back. Yeah, that's a solid point. Anything else from this Ohio State game? Uh, no, I don't really have anything. I was just, I'm just happy that they won. That was a wonderful, wonderful game. You're right. It's it's one of those, it's it's something I can't stop talking about. I've had customers come through today, and on my desk at work, I have this little like whiteboard that I've wrote, written Go Hawks, and it's been there for probably for the, all four years that I've been there. <laughs> I have an Iowa helmet. I have the Iowa like uh, picture of the card something did with the uh, the American flag um, from a couple of years ago on the wall behind me, and almost every customer that has come in the last couple of days has looked me in the eye and said, thank you so much for beating Ohio State. There can't be any better feeling than beating those guys. And they're right. No, yeah. I don't I don't know. I like this this team, their fans, I have been at the Big Ten Championship with their fans. I have dealt with these guys on Twitter. One of my good buddies is unfortunately an Ohio State alumni. They just have this superiority complex that is just so nice to not just beat but just to slack them. I was getting texts and I almost felt for the kid. Like it seemed like his whole entire world because the Cavs suck right now. The Browns are a debacle like they've always <laughs> have been. And then Ohio State losing to Iowa. Like I just I wanted to hug him, but at the same time I was like, screw you, I'm a Chicago fan that went to Iowa. Like my life is way worse than yours right now. Don't forget about the Indians. Right. Well, yeah, sorry about it. But unfortunately I'm a South Sider and not a North Sider, so that I can't really pull that one. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, I, I lied. I do have one more thing I wanted to mention uh, about yeah. this game. Uh, so Spencer Hall from Every Day Should Be Saturday, the SB Nation site. Uh, yeah. He is every week the top whatever. And I don't know if you read it this week, but uh, Iowa was number one in his top whatever. And there's a couple of lines in here that are absolutely brilliant. But one is uh, playing an underdog Iowa and losing is supposed to be like being crushed to death by a refrigerator. It's your fault for trying to move it alone. And he's like, that. this was not that kind of win. The, uh, this was three hours of raining sledgehammers without a single piece of shelter. This was a battering. This was the point in a wrestling match when a desperate wrestler reaches for the top rope, almost grabs it, and then is dragged back to the middle of the ring by their heels, kicking and screaming. <laughs> it was just a wonderful piece of writing. And- I also enjoyed when he dropped the, the Big Ten's Reaper where it's black and gold, and he runs outside zone all game long. Yeah, that, was, that one was a great way to end that. That was a perfect... <laughs> sentence to end his little Iowa section uh but yeah no it was a great it was great if you haven't read it look up the top whatever uh Spencer Hall and it'll probably be one of the very first things that you see on there it's so good that somebody's probably gonna steal it and make a t-shirt out of it I mean that's how good it is wow yeah who would do that oh geez I don't know (laughs) um all right well cool Iowa wins they beat the hell out of Ohio State and I have some thoughts. I have some takes. So let's just get into everybody's favorite segment, punt or go for it. Max, I think, you know, I just woke you up from a nap to tape this podcast. So I'll just lay them on you and you tell me if you're going to punt or go for it. Of course. I'm always down for some hot takes. All right. The number one that I – and all of these, by the way, I'm going for it. So don't even bother asking me. I am the most – I am the fence rider. I am the ultimate optimist. Uh, I see what I believe after one week, and I don't remember anything else. It's probably also why I'm not the best gambler. Um, so 
don't listen to me on any of this stuff. It's just me being uh, an over exaggerating fan. But Iowa will finish the season ten and three. I'm gonna punt on it. Um, I'd love to see it happen. If that were to happen, that would be absolutely fantastic. Um, I think that winning in Madison this week, while they showed last week against Ohio State that they can beat the Badgers and that, you know, it's very plausible. It's not even just possible. It's plausible that they beat uh, Wisconsin. It's going to be a tough game and a tough environment. Uh, Nate Stanley has yet to – I guess that against Iowa State, he showed up in a tough environment. But since then, you know, they lost in East Lansing. They lost in what was a pretty – neutral environment in North uh, in uh, Evanston. Uh, it's going to be his probably toughest uh, bet yet. You know, Wisconsin's playing their only ranked team of the season. It, they're going to be, you know, rocking and roaring there in Camp Randall and they'll be ready to go. That'll be a tough one. And then the other thing is just Iowa has not shown up in a bowl game since 2010. And while I'd like to say that this is the year that it gets done, uh, I'm going to want to see who they're playing first before I make that prediction. So I'm going to punt on it for now. So give me the schedule or give me the record that you think it would be as of right now. I'm putting uh, this on the record. I'm writing this down in my notebook, by the way. I'm holding you to it. Sure. Yeah. No, uh, I think they're going to, I think eight and four is a pretty fair way to say that they'll end the season. Uh, and then so beat Nebraska and Purdue, then I'm guessing is your. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm optimistic that they could beat Wisconsin. But at the same time, I'm also the eternal pessimist. So I'm going to say, you know, like, <laughs> I'm also just going to say eight and four seems, you know, like a very plausible idea. And then I'll say eight and five after the bowl game, eight and five. All right. Well, this next one isn't really, it, it, you just kind of answer it yourself. So then instead, I'm going to ask you a different question. Sure. What percentage would you put it that Iowa can make it to the Big Ten championship game? And for that to happen, so all the fans know who don't have done the math, it would take Iowa to win out, Wisconsin would have to lose out, and uh, that's it. And they, what Northwestern has to lose a game, I think, too. Uh, I don't know for sure. I got to check out the math on that, but I think that it'll if that's the case, it'll go by uh, record versus the division, and Iowa has the would have the edge if they were to win out. Well, there you have it. So what's the percentage of that happening? Zero percent. There's no chance that Wisconsin loses to Minnesota. Minnesota's terrible. It's a trophy game, though. Weird things happen in trophy games. N- not in that trophy game. <laughs> it's any trophy game that has Minnesota in it, you know, except for the one for Floyd, because Flo- they seem to wake up and get up for the game for uh, the Floyd of Rosedale trophy. They never win the Little Brown Jug. They never win the X. They I don't think that they've had the axe in 15 years. Nothing, not in that trophy, not in that trophy game. Nothing happens in that one. It's just Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. I just, God, you're, I know you're right deep down. I know, I know you're right. But that, like, come on. If PJ Flex is going to put something together, it needs to be against that Wisconsin team to finally win that axe. Like, he's got to he's got to figure out a way to do it. Obviously, that offense, we saw it. They can't move the football, and it's ugly. But Wisconsin, I mean, you can't just tell me that watching Hornybrook throw to nobody because, you know, his two of his best receivers have been out, or are out now and has been out. I just I think things might get a little weird. It could happen. I, I think it's better than a zero percent chance. It's it's a, it's a zero percent chance. Give me give me a one percent. I'll give you a point one percent. 
right. So then you tell me there's a chance. All right. So I just went and I looked up the serious history for uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Minnesota hasn't won it since 2003, and they've won twice since 1995. Oh, God. It's a very one-sided rivalry these days. But despite that, the series history is actually 59 to 59 and eight. Wow. So Minnesota must have really dominated back in the day when uh, they were winning national championships in the 40s. I was to say they were really solid in the 40s and 50s. All right. My next one is the Big Ten will not have a single team in the college football playoff this year. I'm going for that as well. Uh, I think that. I so do not believe in a Michigan State team winning out and controlling their destiny. Uh, I don't even know who Michigan State plays for the rest of the season. Do you? Um, Go ahead and talk about the rest. I'll look that up for you. I'm looking it up right now. Um, oh, and I did not get the information that I wanted to get. Uh, but Ohio State this weekend. Yeah, no, they're and not. And then they play. So it's at Ohio State, home against Maryland, at Rutgers. Yeah. Um, if they could beat Ohio State this weekend, then I think that there's a chance. Uh, but then they'd also have to beat somebody in the Big Ten championship game. And I think that if if you were to be correct, and if Iowa were to be able to make it, let's say, I don't think that they're going to beat Iowa a second time this season. Uh, it's a oh, tough one to say. You're going to give me that scenario after you just gave me the .001%? I don't I think me excited, could, Max. Well, no, I'm saying that I think that uh, – I think that they could beat Wisconsin. I don't think Wisconsin's I great. Wisconsin's good. They're not great. Wisconsin's um, schedule is easy. It's yeah, it's 2015 Iowa esque, and I'm sorry for it. Might be worse good. than that. It is. It's 100 percent worse than that. But I know that people are going to be mad by, for me saying that. Uh, no. Get mad online. Uh, Penn State losing their second consecutive game dooms them. I think. Woo! Yep. Uh, Ohio State losing that badly to Iowa this past week. I mean, if, unless Iowa wins out and that turns into a really good loss, uh, you know, I I don't think that they're going to make it um, into the championship. They're ranked 11th right now, and I guess that uh, college football playoff rankings are coming out in 45 minutes as of right now. So, you know, maybe we could be proven wrong on that one. But I'm not putting them as likely, and – I don't know. If Michigan State wins this week, I think that there's a solid chance. I agree. Ohio State's got – I mean, they have to – they host Michigan State at home after that game against Iowa. Then they host Illinois. But then to go to Michigan too, like that's just not – That's. I mean, that's tough. That's not probably what they're looking forward to at this point. Like yeah. I could just see them with – tell me, maybe you could see this happening. This is kind of why I wanted to ask the question because I could see Ohio State kind of – they think that they're out after losing Oklahoma and then getting trounced by Iowa. Michigan State comes into the shoe, and they're that team where D'Antonio's probably just watched Iowa's game film, and he probably had a heart on the entire time just <laughs> thinking about the things that he can do. It could be, I mean, honestly, watching Michigan State, watching Iowa, that's why that game was so boring because it's just like it's just two like sledgehammers hitting each other and hoping one breaks. Yeah, I could see Michigan State going in there and mucking it up and winning a. A weird football game where they don't give up too many. T- they, they completely bottle up JT Barrett. He throws maybe another pick or two, and they they come away with that. And then Ohio State with three losses and nothing to play for. Like I don't know. It's not. It's not. Un- like you could see it happening. Sure, you could. But then you know you. And this isn't you know the rankings that they go off of for the uh, playoff. But 
here is your current scenario for teams that all of these Big Ten teams would have to jump, minus Wisconsin, who's up there at number six. But there's Alabama, probably not going to lose. And if they do, it's going to be in the championship game against Georgia, another undefeated team right now. And I think that no matter what happens in the SEC championship game, both will make it. Uh, you have one loss, Notre Dame. You have Miami, who is currently still undefeated. Both have to play each other this weekend. Yeah, so that's not going to last long. One of those teams, I think, is going to kind of take the other one out and then solidify their spot. But then you also have Clemson up there still, who's got one loss, and they're going to have to face probably Miami in the ACC championship game. Oklahoma's still up there. You know, there's a lot of really quality undefeated and one-loss teams to that. You know, you, we're saying that a two-loss team from the Big Ten is going to jump all these one-loss or undefeated teams. You know, that's it's a there's a lot to go through still for that to happen. Yeah, I'm kind of looking at this now. By the way, I think Georgia is going to end up losing either the Auburn or Kentucky game and then getting schlacked by Alabama after the disrespect of the college football committee. Uh, did this week towards them, so I don't know. I don't know if we're going to be talking about a one-loss Georgia team at the when it's all said and done. Um, but Michigan State, I mean, it, when you look at the schedule, they they have that win over Penn State. Now mm-hmm. they beat Iowa. They beat number twenty-one Michigan at the time. Their only loss, I mean, Notre Dame's really good at football, so yeah. it's not shocking. I mean, they still have a chance. Northwestern that game was. Really weird, lost in overtime. So uh, you can make the case that their schedule is pretty solid. If they beat Ohio State on top of it, that they have really solid wins with Ohio State, Penn State, Iowa, um, and Michigan. No, I'd agree with that. They just there's gonna need they're gonna need a lot of help. Uh, Absolutely, because you said that what was it? Georgia might lose to Auburn. Well, Auburn's currently ranked ahead of them, so. You know, there's all these teams that are ahead of them, and they're not going to get a whole ton of help before that game. That's true. I have to go through theirs too. I know that Notre Dame has a little. I mean, it's Notre Dame. If you think that Notre Dame's winning out too, I have another thing coming for you because having to play Miami, then play weird Navy, and then Stanford, and then not have a championship game too, that's going to be a little tricky for them. No, yeah, I would agree with that. It's just going to need a lot of help for the Big Ten to be in the uh, championship game, in my opinion. You know, except for uh, Wisconsin has a chance. Wisconsin, if they if they finish the season undefeated and then they win the Big Ten title game, they'll be in for sure. Is that something that you root for? Is, I guess just I, no. I, I want to get to know no. Max Breck a little bit more. Are you a Big Ten like sweatshirt guy when it's all said and done at the end of the season, or is it Iowa through and through and that's it? Uh, I mean, I grew up a big fan of the Big Ten outside of Ohio State. I don't like Ohio State uh, because my dad hates them. So that was especially sweet for my dad. Uh, this past Saturday, but I'll, I'll root for Big Ten teams generally depending on, depending on who they're playing because I like to see the conference do well because I like to see you know the conference portrayed in a good light. But yeah. I wouldn't root for Wisconsin to make it to the playoff because I know that they're going to get absolutely destroyed by you know an Alabama, Clemson, yeah, you know Miami type, you know, but. I, I generally do like to root for Big Ten teams when they make it to uh, bowl season just because, you know, it looks good for Iowa when they play teams that win bowl games. Absolutely. I'm with you. Um, my last punter go for it for today is that Nate Stanley will go down as the best quarterback in Iowa history. We talk about this, I think, like every other. I know. I'm asking again. And, you know, he's shown he's a hell of a quarterback. 
And I, if he continues to put up numbers like he has this season and continues and he just improves, his completion percentage is still pretty dang low. Uh, if he could complete more passes and, you know, that'll lend itself to more yards and, you know, he'll just continue to get better. Yeah, I think that he could be one of the best in Iowa history. He's going to break Chuck Long's touchdown record this year. Yeah, most likely. He needs, what, five as of uh, this uh, recording? I be- yeah, to break it. I think it's four to tie, right? I think Chuck Long had 27 and Stanley's a 22. So I think it's yeah. – I know Long is oh, for yeah, sure okay. 27. Uh, Stanley, I'm, yeah. Yeah, so Stanley's a 22. Uh, he needs six to get that record. That's two touchdowns per game, and then you're assuming a bowl game. Well, yeah, a bowl, the bowl game is happening unless somehow a six – yeah, they're not going to lose two more games. I was going to say, unless a six-win Iowa team doesn't make it there, but they're not going to lose out. No, no, God, God, no. Not after what they just did. There's no shot that I'm going to believe in that one. I'd put that at no, yeah. 0%. I'd say that there's All a better right. chance that uh, – I said that there's a better chance that Iowa loses out than a chance that Iowa makes the Big Ten championship game. Yeah, okay, I, I'm with you on that one. But if it was to Iowa loses out or Iowa wins out, I think there's a better odds of the. the oh winning. yeah, oh yeah, I would 100 percent agree. Well, to start all that, it's they have to go into Wisconsin Camp Randall. We touched on a little bit all show. It's Wisconsin week. They have a week schedule. The I mean. Utah State, BYU, FAU, they haven't had to play Ohio State, Penn State, or Michigan State. Wisconsin has kind of just skipped and whistled their way to this point in the season. Um, I kind of think they're a little bit of a pretender at this point. Um, Akram Wadley is going to be the best running back that they've seen all season long going into this weekend. And um, what are you expecting from Wisconsin? And do you think what, – what percentage would you put that – on Iowa being able to win this game? I think that Iowa has a pretty dang good chance at winning this game. Because um, I forgot the, about this when I was, you know, talking about Iowa, uh, you know, winning out earlier in the, in the show. The Wisconsin injury report is long. It's bad. They have a few guys that are questionable, uh, two of which are on the defensive side. They have five guys that are out just this week. Three of them are wide receivers. Two of them are their top two wide receivers. One's a tight end, and then one is their, uh, I think, second leading tackler. Chris Orr. Yep, it's their best linebacker. Yeah, it's the best linebacker with uh, uh, the other injuries. They have three linebackers that are out for the season, a safety out for the season, and another running back out. I mean, not that the running backs matter because of the fact that Jonathan Taylor is an absolute dude, but... Yeah, their injury report's long, and they're going to need to overcome some stuff for uh, uh, for them to win this game. Yeah, Like you said, Taylor is a dude, but I don't know if I believe in Alex Honeybrook yet. Um, he's got nine picks on the year. I think he's thrown one at least seven of the nine games. I think that was a stat I read today. Yeah. Um, so he is definitely susceptible to throwing a couple up, and – to me, this all comes down to, yet again, Josh Jackson shutting down his half of the field. And especially if the two best receivers that he has are going to be out, Iowa should do what other teams did to them when they were having their offensive identity crisis. You load up the box, you stop Taylor, and you dare for Hornybrook to go ahead and beat them through the air. And when he only has half the field to do that, that's going to be really hard to do. Yeah, that's 
I, I believe in this Iowa defense to be able to stop Taylor. I don't think they're going to completely wipe him out. I think that he's still going to get, oh, no. what, like 120 yards, let's say. But that's going to be sure. with Wisconsin trying to run the ball down Iowa's throats the entire game. Yeah, You know, Taylor hasn't surpassed 100 yards in, I think, two of his games this season. Uh, but he's also been averaging, even in those games, he averaged like five yards a carry. So, like, it's not like he was just shut down. He just, you know, wasn't given the carries probably because they were winning by about 100. Yeah, especially in the first couple of those games, like I mentioned, Utah State, BYU, FAU, none of those teams gave them any sort of competition. Not even a little bit. So I think we're both on the same page here. What is your prediction for the game? Uh, I think we're going to get back to Ferris Ball a little bit. Um, no, Max, no. I, I, I mean, we're not going to ball out the same way that they did. Uh, I was not going to ball the same way that they did against Ohio State. I think that anybody who thinks that they come into this game with the exact same game plan is absolutely on crazy pills. Uh, I think that, you know, we're going to get back to a little bit more of a run running offense. We're going to still mix the pass in there. They show that they can do it and I think that that's really going to open up the eyes of Kirk and Brian and they're going to you know try to get that in but I think they're going to revert a little bit more I think that this would be a safe bet to say like a 24 27 to like 17 like a good solid close Big Ten game with Iowa winning yeah I'm going to pick Iowa to win this one Um, I think the injuries are going to be too much for uh Oh, I'll say it, for uh, Wisconsin to overcome this upcoming week and that, you know, it'll doom them a little bit. But they do have a solid offensive line, great running back, and, you know, they've shown that they could beat Iowa just based off of those things in the past. So it's going to be so, close. So we're both at this point, but what does Vegas know that we don't then? Because I don't understand why Iowa is a 12-point dog. I, you can't tell me Camp Randall is worth nine additional points. I think that, generally speaking, isn't uh, home field advantage worth two? Two to three. Generally, I think with college, they give three. Yeah, so. That's what I'm saying. For nine extra points, like they think Iowa's, this game is going to be a nine-point spread in favor of Wisconsin? Hey, if I think they wanted Iowa money on this one, that's what I think. That's a good possibility, and I think that we're probably going to see the spread go down. Or, um, yeah, I think we're probably going to see the spread go down before this game, just because people that are taking, uh, <laughs> or the people that saw the Iowa versus Ohio State game know that this Iowa offense could put up points now, and this, uh, or I keep saying that this Wisconsin defense, they're battered. They've seen better days. Yeah. And I just keep going back to what Iowa was able to do and how they controlled Penn State, how they eventually corralled uh, Michigan State. And what's that receiver's name that kind of killed us in the first half and then they shut him down that also killed Penn State this week? I didn't watch that game. The dude with the dreads. Well, the dude with the dreads. I'm bl- Oh, Davis the third, I yeah. believe. That dude balled out against Iowa and then they shut him down. They figured out a way to do it. They, could, they figured out a way to not necessarily bottle up Saquon Barkley, but make sure that they kept him contained a lot, you know, enough to not be able to just go put enough points on the board. I think Iowa should be able to do that just fine. And are you, is anybody out there really that impressed with Hornibrook as a quarterback? He's, I mean, I, 
the only thing that I ever envisioned with him is the the lefty like Jake Christensen with <laughs> you know a little more height. Actually, I saw Wisconsin fans this weekend calling him left-handed Joel Stave. Oh, see. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that makes me feel even better about my prediction. I, this week in that in our Black Heart Gold Pants predicts, I might be putting Iowa as like 40 to 17 Jesus, point victory. All right, calm down. I, what have you done for me lately? And I think Brian finally told Dad, like, listen, I freaked out in the booth because I was pissed off at you for not letting me do what I want to do. Hey, whatever works. I think this will be a close yeah. one. This game is generally a close one. Uh, and you generally don't get a whole lot of points from this matchup. So I think it's going to be a closer, low-scoring game. And I can see Wisconsin winning it. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Wisconsin was able to take this one, but I think Iowa will. Yeah. And you're probably right, too, because Iowa plays differently when they're at home rather than they are on the road. And if this was at Kinnick Stadium, I I would feel no problem saying that Iowa was going to surpass 55 points because that's how confident I am right now. Stupidly, I know, I know. Um, but it's, I just feel so good. At, I mean, how do you, how are you going to just predict Iowa to lose this one after that Ohio state victory? You can't do it. You just can't. Hey, big letdown after an emotional game. No, it's never happened at Iowa no, before. Never. I don't, I don't believe that that's ever going to happen again. They didn't lose to Michigan state after almost beating Penn state on the last play of the game. Yeah. That doesn't matter. All right, cool. Well, I think a lot of the people at the Black Heart Gold Pants think that I was going to come up with a victory this weekend as well. Um, but make sure you check the website off. Max, before we go, there's an Iowa basketball game this weekend. Not even this weekend, this Friday night. They tip off against what should have been an exhibition game, but is not, against Chicago State. Go Chicago State. Oh, <laughs> You're a Northwestern fan a couple weeks ago. I had to take a break from that, and now we're going to go Chicago State. Can you even name their mascot for me? Yeah, it's the Cougars. Oh, good for you. I'm a, I'm right. a good old Chicago boy. I, I know my city uh, city mascots. There you I go. don't know anything about Chicago State other than that. I just It's going to be a terrible game. Well, that's probably why it's on BTM+. Plus. Nobody, unless you're paying the 10 bucks a month, is going to see this one. Uh, but what are your what are your you know kind of thoughts on Iowa basketball this season? Um, and are you excited? Are you a BTM Plus guy? Like, do you own this? Are you going to be looking to find to watch Iowa before they play Virginia Tech? What's your what's your basketball plan to start the season? Uh, I I'm going to be honest. I likely won't see a whole lot of it. I might if I can. I might or if I can, I'm going to bum the. What's it called? The uh, login information from somebody else, but I know for a fact I'm not going to pay for it. I used to do Student U when I was a student at mm-hmm. Iowa, and uh, so the quality is so horrible. It depends on it depends on the day for sure, um, but I mean it's all students, you know. So like, you can't always be get too mad about it. Most of these kids, like I, I did a when I, I think the first game I ever did, I was the like main game cam for a women's basketball game. And so, like, you know, like some of these kids are doing this for the first time. I'm not going to get mad at them about that. Uh, Whether or not the stream has actually worked, that's BTN's fault. And I will say that BTN is absolutely awful about that. But uh, if I can bum somebody's login information, I will. I don't want to pay for it. Yeah, I'm with you. The unfortunate thing to start the season is the news this week that came out about Nicholas Bear. He has hurt his, his pinky on his left hand. Correct. 
and he's out for three to four weeks. Does that does that kind of concern you for the outlook for this early part of the season with him being out their emotional leader? Uh, not particularly, and I'm gonna say that because I think that he's still gonna be he's still gonna be at the games. He might not be on the court, but I think that you know he if he needs to be that rah rah guy, you know, like in the timeout or on you know the court side, I think that he'll be able to kind of you know do that for them. Uh, but I think that this kind of, I'm kind of happy about it in a way because I was not playing anybody until Virginia Tech, uh, and and that's when he potentially can come back. Yeah, that's about the time that he would come back. That's three weeks from today uh, is the Virginia Tech game. So earliest point he's coming back for that. Latest point he's coming back for out, Iowa State. He might miss a couple of Big Ten games, but. Uh, I kind of like that. I don't like that he's hurt, but like I kind of like that they're going to get a chance to you know see who fits in with this team, see who fits in, who can take over that role because we need a good bench piece that can play with energy like that. Uh, yeah, you know they. But other than him, I wouldn't say that there's anybody that comes off the bench that I'm super uh, confident in their abilities to kind of play that role. Uh, maybe Amado Wagner might get a shot at that. You know, maybe one of the new guys will get take uh, take their stab at kind of being the energy guy. But I do like that this team will be able to kind of rally around that and you know figure out who they are. I think that's a good call on Wagner. He's apparently been doing a lot of work in the offseason to be a better perimeter guy. He's worked on his shot a little bit, and he we've already seen him as an emotional type guy on the court. Um, he, he's very physical, um, super athletic. So I can, I think that's a pretty solid call. I think the only thing this really does hurt is bears opportunity to start for this team. I think that, you know, there's going to be somebody that's going to solidify themselves with th- this starting group and that's going to put bear back in his six band position. But I don't think any of us have a real problem with that. That's where he shines. And I think that's where he's best suited to play for this Iowa basketball team. No, yeah. And I've said that before. I don't remember where I said it or why I said it, but I do, I do think I said it before the season, uh, you know, really started getting underway that I think he's a better bench piece. You know, he, it allows him to go, uh, come on off the bench, you know, use up all of his energy, go sit for five minutes or however long, come back and just do it all again. And, you know, you could do that as a starter too, but I feel like it's a different mentality when you're coming off the bench than when you're starting the game, uh, particularly kind of how you expend yourself. I don't feel like you start the game going 100%, but I feel like if you come off the bench, you know, you're more willing and you have that mindset to kind of go in there and do that. Yeah. All right, cool. cool. Everybody look out for the Iowa Iowa Hawkeyes this Friday tipping off. So if something bad happens on Saturday, you can dive headfirst into Iowa basketball. That's going to do it for the Panthers party this week. Before we go, please, guys, don't forget to rate us and review us on the iTunes app. It will help us out exponentially here moving forward. We're trying to get sponsors. We're working hard behind the scenes to try to make some of that happen for you guys. And more sponsors and the more rating and reviews we get, the more people we get to listen to this. And hopefully we can start putting together some more fun segments and uh, doing a little bit more for you guys as far as content goes. Um, but for Max, my name's Jerry. For everybody at Black Heart Gold Pants, we'll talk to you guys next week. Go Hawks. Wisconsin ain't played nobody.